Welcome to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Hey, everyone. I'm so glad you've joined us today. We're focusing on a new theme, starting with this episode. And it's one that I am extremely passionate about. It's the theme of self-leadership. And if you've been around this podcast for very long, or if you've been a part of the Foresight community, you've heard me say this, lead yourself well in order to lead others better. See, we all want to lead our teams well. We want to make a difference and we want to be successful in our endeavors. But we've all found ourselves in moments where maybe we feel stuck or in situations where we look back on our day a bit bewildered and frustrated, wondering, why did things go a different way than I was hoping? Have you ever had those days? Many times our feelings of being stuck or frustrated come back to a simple, though difficult to swallow, truth. We're just not leading ourselves well. So that's the bad news. But the good news is it's never too late to learn to lead yourself better. Let's dive into some ways we can do that. For as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a great leader. I've been inspired by extraordinary leaders throughout history, and I've been personally influenced by some remarkable leaders in my life. People who believed in me, challenged me, and gave me opportunities for growth. There was Bonnie, the owner of the local ice cream shop, who gave me my first job as a teenager and entrusted me with some pretty great responsibility as the store manager as a 16-year-old kid. Or Greg, the president of the record company I worked for in Nashville, which was my first job out of college, but he saw potential in me and intentionally invested in my growth and development. Leaders, we have the power to change or affect the lives of others, and therefore, I believe it's a sacred privilege to lead others. I hope you've been influenced by a great leader, someone who led by example with great character and integrity, someone who saw your potential and gave you opportunities to grow and learn. And regrettably, I suspect you've also been influenced by a poor leader, Someone who wielded their influence for their own power and advancement, and they were probably discouraging and demotivated you at times. We need great leaders. We need people who recognize the significance of their influence on others and are intentional to use that influence for good. Now, to be completely honest, my early leadership journey was marked by kind of a misunderstanding of what it really means to lead well. And following the path that I'd seen from others before me, I expeditiously climbed the corporate ladder, read all the leadership books, barked some orders, and bulldozed my way to success. I was going to succeed. And that's what I thought it meant to lead. But I soon realized I wasn't having the influence I hoped for. I was becoming increasingly aware that I needed a different set of skills for leadership. My problem was that I had a hard time keeping up with the rapid rate of growth and change required by the industry that I was in, the music business at the time. And so I was making leadership decisions that were more about my survival than they were about the welfare of my team or the organization. I had the tools to grow things rapidly, 
but I lacked the emotional, spiritual, and intellectual health to sustain it all. And I bet some of you can relate to this too. I was watching my peers burn out at alarming rates because we were operating with this never-ending, get-it-done mentality in a culture where hustle was the first priority. Sound familiar? And the lesson I was quickly learning was that my lasting impact was related to how well I was going to lead myself in the midst of the pressure that I felt to perform. In fact, I remember one particular Saturday morning during that season. It should have been a relaxing day without a big agenda, but I woke up a ball of stress, torn between spending time with my family or using the time to catch up on the mountain of work that's kind of lingering in my mind. You ever had one of those days? And so my husband picked up on my stress and he asked, what do you want to do, Jen? And I kind of thought it was a dumb question. I didn't have time to think about what I wanted. I was leading a rapidly growing organization, overseeing a multi-million dollar building project, and writing my first book. There wasn't time to think about what I wanted. There was barely time to do everything I needed to do. But my husband's question triggered an avalanche of emotion that took me months of counseling to crawl out of, if I'm honest. And what emerged was a realization of how disconnected I'd become from myself. I was lacking self-awareness, and it was impacting every area of my life. Emotional intelligence expert and psychologist Daniel Goleman defines self-awareness as having a deep understanding of one's emotions, strengths, weaknesses, needs, and drives. People with strong self-awareness are neither overly critical nor unrealistically hopeful. Rather, they are honest with themselves and with others. Now, I want to read that to you again because I think we just need to kind of embrace it a little bit. He says, self-awareness is having a deep understanding of one's emotions, strengths, weaknesses, needs, and drives. People with strong self-awareness are neither overly critical nor unrealistically hopeful. Rather, they are honest with themselves and with others. See, in that season of life, I wasn't being honest with myself or with others about my capacity and my limits, if I'm honest. And as a result, instead of succeeding, which I was so desperately trying to do, I was floundering everywhere. My relationship with my husband was tense. I was short-tempered with my team. And time with my friends was pretty non-existent. A crash course in self-awareness opened my eyes to the importance of this topic. Even to this day, I believe that self-awareness is a secret weapon of successful people. When we have a deep understanding of what's going on inside of us, we can be more conscious of how we impact others and therefore be more intentional in everything we do. So in this first episode, I want to give you three reasons self-awareness is essential. And then later this month, I'll give you four dimensions to help you grow in leading yourself well. So let's look at these three reasons self-awareness is essential. First, self-awareness is essential because research tells us self-awareness is the strongest predictor of success. Did you catch that? Like we all want to succeed. However you define success, whether you're in ministry or marketplace, we want to succeed at the thing we feel called to do. So self-awareness is the strongest predictor of success. A study by organizational consulting firm Green Peak Partners and Cornell University, examined 72 executives at public and private companies 
and found that a high self-awareness score was the strongest predictor of overall success. And they go on to say that while experience, confidence, ability to make tough decisions, and other so-called hard skills were important, the researchers concluded that self-awareness was the key differentiator for the most successful leaders. The executives most likely to deliver good bottom line results are actually self-aware leaders who are especially good at working with individuals and in teams. So essentially, self-awareness equips us to work with others in a way that leads to results. Second thing, self-awareness is essential because it equips you to know where to focus. Now, we all are dying for focus, aren't we? But rewind to a younger you, and I bet you had greater clarity about your passions and your goals for life. Fast forward and layer on the complexity of work experience, family life, increased responsibilities, and you've likely lost that same level of clarity. When we're responding to all the shoulds, and we all feel the shoulds, don't we? When we're responding to all the shoulds that come at us, it seems we don't have the luxury of knowing what we really want. That was a question my husband posed to me that Saturday morning. But when we commit to being self-aware, we fight to stay connected to our core longings, our, our sense of calling, our sense of purpose. We know our strengths and weaknesses, which equips us to know where to focus our growth efforts. And the tendency is to feel that this is maybe selfish or self-focused, but the reality is that those we influence get our best engagement when we know ourselves well and are leaning into our strengths. And then third, self-awareness is essential because it actually makes you less self-focused. And it sounds counterintuitive, but the more self-aware we become, the less self-focused we actually are. When we're self-aware, we are more in touch with how we engage others and how they experience us. We know when we're under stress and are more likely to catch ourselves before we say that sarcastic comment or respond rather curtly. The more self-aware we are, the more in tune we'll be to our emotions and how they're coming out through our actions because they're showing up somewhere, aren't they? We notice how we affect others and more deliberately consider what we need to do to act in a way that is respectful to others. Now that you know why self-awareness is essential, let me share with you the core elements of self-awareness. A dear friend of mine and fantastic leadership coach named Beth Graybill says there are three important steps of self-awareness. Awareness of myself, awareness of others, and awareness of how others experience themselves around me. That third one is so key. Awareness of how others experience themselves around me. So let's look at these three. The first, awareness of myself. Self-awareness starts with self-observation. How well do I know myself? Do I know what I think, feel, and believe? And do I act in a way that is an accurate reflection of how people experience me? Secondly, awareness of others. Self-awareness increases with the observation of others. Do I know the people around me? And do I understand how they will respond to interactions and conversations. And third, awareness of how others experience themselves around me. And this final stage involves paying attention to how others feel about themselves when they're around you. So ask yourself, 
Have I ever noticed how I make people feel about themselves around me? Do you make people feel insecure or confident about their decisions? Do you make them feel empowered or apathetic about their choices? Do you make them feel creative or stifled with the project that they're working on? When we lack self-awareness, we miss those social cues that indicate that others are maybe walking on eggshells around you or might be afraid to speak up when they're with you. Greater self-awareness helps you understand how others experience you and you're able to adjust your style to others rather than expecting them to adjust to you. That's part of leadership. We go first. We set the tone. We create the space and the context. So we must be aware of these things. Ultimately, self-leadership is a journey, a journey that begins with a commitment to grow in your self-awareness and then embracing the behaviors of leading yourself well. Self-awareness is an essential asset in living out your purpose with confidence. That's what we want, right? And when you have a clear understanding of who you are, what you value, and what you hope to achieve, coupled with an awareness of your emotions and needs, you will engage others with an honesty and vulnerability that is contagious and compelling. And that, my friends, is extraordinary leadership. So here's something I want you to think about today and this week. I want you to prioritize time in your life to consider what do you think, feel, and believe? When's the last time you asked yourself questions like that? Another question to consider is how do others experience you and what would you like to change? And then later this month, I'll equip you with some more practical ways that you can begin to use your self-awareness to grow as a leader. As we conclude our time together today, I hope you feel encouraged that leading yourself well is a journey worth embarking on. I promise you it's worth it. A little painful at times, but incredibly worth it. I truly believe it will change things both for you and for those you lead. So there's more to come in this series, so stay with us, join us next week. But if you'd like to take a step toward developing the type of self-awareness we talked about today, we've got another great resource for you, another free resource that I'd love to get into your hands. It's called The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership Assessment. Now, this is from my book by the same title, but this is the free assessment that you can take. And you can get your copy by simply texting Foresight, that's the number four, and the word SIGHT, S-I-G-H-T, to 773-770-4377. So text Foresight, the number four, the word SIGHT, S-I-G-H-T, no spaces, to 773-770-4377. You'll get that free download. You'll also get our weekly leadership insights which we hope will continue to help you on your journey as a thriving leader. My passion is to cultivate healthy leaders, to lead thriving organizations, and our mission is to equip you with the foresight for success. So keep leading well, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.